Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 131. But you don't have to be flexible to do yoga. You don't have to be anything to do yoga. You just need a body and you need to be able to breathe and you just have to be open. So maybe the flexibility needs to be more in the mind than it does in the body for you to come and practice. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, and we've got another deep dive interview with you guys. As today, I got to talk with Megan from White Pine Yoga in the Ottawa Valley in Pembroke uh, in particular, and we talk all about how she got into yoga, uh, the different practices of yoga and benefits, and how not only is it great for stretching and the physical body, but also kind of tapping into the mental clarity and intuition that you can tap into through continued practice. We also dive into her whole leap of faith into taking this passion of yoga and running with it into an entrepreneurial journey that was buying white pine yoga and how she was able to not only create a business out of this passion, but how she faced the challenges of COVID and having a small business during the lockdowns in Canada. So very interesting conversation and so much fun getting to talk with her. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Megan Adams with White Pine Yoga. Well, first off, Megan, thank you so very much for joining me here on the Art of Awesome podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, we we actually, we were talking about uh, getting you on the show this summer when I was up in the Ottawa Valley, hanging out at your uh, yoga studio, the White Pine Yoga in Pembroke. And uh, I'm super interested to talk to you because for a lot of different reasons. One, you're, uh, I'm very interested in yoga and, and I probably, one of my new year's resolutions is to get more into yoga. I used to do like a daily practice and in the last, uh, probably since COVID in all honesty, I've, I've, uh, I've started doing just other physical activities and, and need to get back into yoga, both as a, for a stretching purpose personally, and then also for just the mental clarity. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you about the yoga, but also I would love to hear about the whole entrepreneurial journey of kind of starting this business around yoga and and just around, you know, something that you love and a passion and stuff like that. So, so I guess if you could kind of start us off with uh, telling maybe a little bit of how you got into yoga and then how you started a business around it uh, with White Pine Yoga in Pembroke. Okay, great. So I think it's lovely, actually, that you are uh, looking to kind of like get back into the practice. And it's really normal for people to kind of like join in, 
kind of like lose, uh, maybe like a regular practice, you could say, and then look to get back on. It's amazing that you mentioned that you are looking not only to stretch, but to find that mental clarity, because a lot of people like associate yoga with flexibility. And though, you know, a good portion of yoga is about keeping your body, your, your home, I guess you could say moving optimally so that essentially you feel well. It is uh, traditionally used as a way to like keep your body healthy enough so that you could sit in longer meditations um, because Mm. most people have a hard time even just sitting on the floor, period, let alone keeping their body upright. So um, we'll go back to kind of like how I started my journey in yoga and the physicality of yoga actually brought me to the practice uh, first and foremost, but I was really noticing that I felt different after the end. And I do believe that it has something to do with Shavasana. And it's that time where your body and mind have a chance to integrate. And it creates this really special space once you are comfortable enough to allow uh, these situations to happen in Shavasana. So I noticed the practice was kind of already trickling over off of my mat and into my day-to-day life. And it didn't take me very long, actually, to decide that I was going to learn more. And I dove into a 200-hour yoga teacher training. Wow. At the time, um, there wasn't really much offered here in the Ottawa Valley. So for those of you that don't know, I mean, we're, it's kind of a rural place. And uh, I was driving about an hour and a half to head into Ottawa, which is probably a place that more people are going to be a little more familiar with to get my yoga teacher training. It was every other weekend. It was Friday night from six to nine and then Saturday and Sunday from nine to five. So it's a big commitment. It's 200 hours stretched over, you know, five or six months. And you're just really immersifying yourself in the practice and surrounded by people that are really curious um, to learn more as well. So it's a really great experience, which I'm really happy to say now we offer um, a fabulous program here uh, at the studio. And we're hoping to maybe one day take it uh, online for people to uh, enjoy in different parts of the world. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Um, What was the second part of your question? No, I was. So from there. Um, so obviously you're getting super into yoga. You're, you're traveling to Ottawa all the time now and you're realizing, okay, maybe I need something a little bit closer to home. You've got maybe your, say maybe you've finished your yoga instructor class. How do you then take the leap of faith to going from like, oh, this is a passion of mine and something that I love doing to I'm going to create a business around this and, and start my own practice in my own studio. Once I decided that I wanted to teach, because lots of people like take the yoga teacher training program as more of like a personal uh, journey and finding like that mental clarity and stuff like you had mentioned before, I decided that I wanted to teach and White Pine Yoga uh, was just like this really small studio here that was locally serving the community, um, the value that yoga has to offer. And I decided that I wanted to uh, teach. So I approached the owners and I started teaching just kind of one class a week. And as the opportunity came to teach more classes, I ended up teaching more frequently. Then I got pregnant. I had my son and I was a full-time nurse when I was like kind of venturing through all of this journey into the yoga teacher training, you know, teaching just as like a little side gig and an opportunity came up to um, purchase the studio. So 
we took a big leap of faith, my husband and I, to uh, support my vision and step kind of like, I guess, outside of, you know, the regular full-time job with benefits and the pension to pursue something that you're really passionate about. And that can be, you know, really intimidating. And I hear a lot of people say like, wow, you're so brave for doing that. But I feel when you're kind of know that you can make something work because you're passionate about it. You're thinking about it all the time. You're networking and exploring um, different avenues about how you can share and expand that it doesn't feel that scary when you actually go to step into that place. Of course, you know, you have like the, you know, little kind of like, what do people call it? Like the two wolves, you know, like, oh yeah, the one wolf's like, no, you can't do that. You know, you're going to fail. What do you know to like be running your own business and stepping outside of that, you know, full-time job. And then the other one is like, yeah, I feel like, you know, if you put your heart and soul into something that you're engaged uh, or not engaged, but like something that you're really like passionate about sharing, then, you know, you'll, you'll make a go of it and you're going to be like, okay, no matter kind of like how scary it might be. So then it's kind of like, Hey, which, which wolf do you feed, you know, the good wolf or the bad wolf. So starting to feed that positive wolf a little more, and then you step outside. um, And it just feels really great. You know, when your community really starts to support you in something that you're passionate about, which, you know, you know, something all about. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and and I love you used a couple phrases in there that that I thought were just optimal. One, you talked about it being a leap of faith because I think it truly is a leap of faith, where there is uncertainty for sure, but at the same time that like you can only learn to fly by taking you know that leap of faith out of the nest, and and whether that nest be the you know the job with the benefits or or however you want to look at it, uh, taking the leap of faith is is something that. I encourage us, I, I encourage everybody to, to at least try. And, uh, there's another saying that like, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get scratched and beat up maybe along the way. Sometimes like you, you might take some tumbles and some falls, but that's just kind of part of learning how to fly. Um, and I also like how you, that like wholeheartedly, actually, I have a little thing that popped into my mind. Um, shortly after I had my son, my husband actually showed me Emily's podcast, uh, not her podcast, her TED talk about uh, uncompromising and how, you know, as a mother, people kind of like put these expectations on you, but you're, you know, if you believe in it and if it's true to you and you want to go out there and, you know, step on the podium and win the kayak championship while you're, you know, eight months pregnant, then you can do that. And I found it really inspiring to listen to someone else's story about maybe living outside of that, like normal quotation mark box and kind of venturing out into, you know, something unknown and unfamiliar. So I think it's really powerful to hear other people's stories um, to inspire you to kind of like have that inkling that maybe you could do it too. Yeah, no. And and that's obviously, that's a big part of why I do the podcast too, is just to share, to share stories and knowledge and experiences too, so that other people can like what you said, it's, it's easier to hear someone else do it and then think like, Oh, maybe I could do that too. And it helps feed, like you said, feed the good wolf. Um, I sometimes call them like the demons of the mind, like the doubt or the fear that kind of kicks in and happens to me a lot above like big waterfalls and stuff like that. But it's but it's really anything in life, any any decision that you have, 
there is that, like what you said, the, the good wolf and the bad wolf. And one is like the fear and the doubt and, and the anxiety. And the other is, uh, is the, the confidence and, um, and the passion th- that like drives you to, to continue forward. So I'm, I'm glad that you fed the good wolf and you continued forward. You took the leap of faith. Um, I also, when you were explaining that, I was wondering too, for me, when you were talking about yoga earlier and, and being in Savasana and having just this, uh, this connection that, that I, I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Maybe you didn't say connection, but for me, when I get into Savasana after, especially after doing yoga for some time, I, I do feel this connection and and I don't know if it's a connection with my intuition or what but I just there is this like mental clarity where I can see further steps ahead and just like dreams become clearer of like how things can turn into you know reality and different things like that I wonder if your practice through yoga up to the point of of you know buying white pine yoga and, and taking that entrepreneurial leap of faith if you were able to like tap into, you know, more intuition because of the fact that you had been practicing yoga a ton. And therefore, if that helped you uh, take that leap of faith or not. I think that that is such a great observation that you made, Nick. So as I was saying, like before, when I thought it was really great that you pointed out kind of like you were hoping to find more of that, like mental clarity um, when you start practicing a little more in the new year, which um, I feel in today's world, we're just like constantly bombarded with sensory overload. You know, we're on social media, you're driving, you're listening to the podcast, you're cooking your supper, you're listening to the podcast, you know, we're living in a really fast paced world. And yoga really invites you to like come in and slow down. And when you start to kind of peel back or like remove unnecessary distractions, you can really kind of like focus in on what is important. And so within the practice of yoga that we kind of like offer here at the studio, we call it the eight limbs of yoga. And if you're interested in learning more about the eight limbs, you know, our teacher training program is going to help you, but you know, there's lots of like resources out there that is going to help you kind of like discover that there is a bit more than the physical practice, the asanas. And part of this is, including these limbs. And within the first one, they have like a subcategory and it's ahimsa. And ahimsa translates to non-harming. And to me, I'm like, okay, we can start living more compassionately. And I feel like we're the hardest on ourselves. So when you start being more compassionate towards yourself, these are big steps, you know, changing your internal dialogue to the I can instead of the I can't or you're not worthy. And inviting that sense of worthiness in is really powerful. And these are the kind of like moments that, you know, happen um, on your mat after your practice and you wake up, Shavasana. Do you know what it means actually, Nick? I don't. Like when we translate it to English? Please fill me in. Corpse pose. So, okay. So Shavasana means corpse pose and it's the death of your practice. It is an opportunity for you to like wake up to this new beginning. And when you have kind of like those connections, when you're in Shavasana, 
you get to bring those off of your mat. And this is what kind of like when yoga teachers are talking about bringing the yoga practice like off of the mat, then you can start to bring, you know, compassion. When people see you being compassionate to yourself, then it invites them to do the same thing. It's that sense of like inspiring others without actually maybe even having to say something. They're kind of like, oh, I see that person taking care of themselves, drinking more water, eating healthy, you know, trying to uh, do something exciting in your kayak or whatever it might be. Um, your yoga practice can really just assist you with wherever you're going in life, parenting, your like physical um, activities and sports that people are playing. There's just a lot of benefit. Oh, I have a question for you. When you were talking about kind of like having those moments when you were like, oh, okay, I'm going over this like huge waterfall, you know, on like Instagram, we're like, oh, there's Nick going over his waterfall. We put up all of our highlight reels. And I think it's great that you're kind of like, yeah, of course I have those moments of like, whoa, I'm doing this amazing thing. Um, how much breathing do you use in kayaking? Um, a lot a lot and a little at the same time. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting because because I've also studied a, a bit on breath work. I I just love learning first of all, and so I'm I get into these like you know I don't know I go down these rabbit holes of like all sorts of different things. Uh, just optimizing the body being one of them, and and so learning about breathing and and nutrition and yoga and all these different stuff. So I, I've read some books and done some research just on on breath practice and breath work alone. And, um, it's interesting how much there's so many different things in life that, that I have just found that I naturally do. And then only after like researching things that I'm like aware that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I did that. And I wasn't even aware that I was, you know, that I should do that, or I'm supposed to do that, or that, that, that would help. For instance, like when I was young, I would, uh, I would visualize kayaking all the time, mainly just because I wanted to be kayaking. And then only when I started looking into, uh, sports psychology and stuff like that did they did I hear people talking about how like visualization could be so important um and it was kind of the same with breath work where uh I I would just always you know breathe through my nose regularly and and a combination of the fact that I think I just would do that when I was young but also uh when I'm kayaking I'm I have my mouth shut because uh, I don't want to be like swallowing water and choking on water. So I just keep my mouth shut. Uh, and I've actually tried sometimes to wear nose plugs to, uh, to keep the water out of my nose. Cause on the, on the flip side, I've had like, I've had issues with like sinus infections and stuff like that. Um, but when I wear nose plugs, I literally just, I'm like choking myself because I like, I'm not breathing cause I keep my mouth shut just out of like habit. And, uh, anyway, so, so as far as breath work goes, um, I think I do it and, but like, it's more of like a subconscious thing. Like I'm not really thinking about it. And, and actually it was just a couple weeks ago. I went for a run with a, with a friend of mine who's just really into probably sports psychology and optimizing the body. And anyway, he had, he had been going off on, on a kind of breath work kick and we were running and we were just talking the whole time. So like a conversational run. And so I'm talking and probably asking more questions because that's what I like to do is just ask questions. But um, so I'm asking him questions and he arguably may have been talking more than I was, but he was like, how are you able to like just be breathing like no problem when he was like having like starting to, to feel like he was, you know, getting out of breath. Um, and I was like, I don't know. It's just like something that I... I, I I think I've just trained myself to figure out, you know, where breath work works for me and, and the the optimal kind of roots for that for me. So 
the long version uh, answer back to your your question. Um, there's definitely breath work that is involved in kayaking, but for me, it's way more subconscious than it is uh, conscious at this point. I think that that's that's really amazing. Um, I think it's really neat too that you brought up like the fact that you know you're running, you're having a conversation with your friend while you're running, and but like when we breathe in a certain way, it also has like the ability to like preserve your energy and how wonderful, you know, that you can um, do this in kind of like more of like a automatic or um, natural environment for you. It just comes so naturally to, you know, breathe in this way. And I feel, you know, taking those like extra breaths can really just put like a that shift in the mind frame. And I feel like even when people are talking about like, um, you know, oh, when you're like feeling angry, you know, like you, I think you used to see it on like the Simpsons or something, you know, and like Homer's like taking like 10 breaths and like counting and breathing until he feels like calm. And like breathing is integrated throughout like kind of like our whole life process. It brings us into the world. It's going to take us out of the world. It's just mm -hmm. inevitable, um, you know, that that's how that process is taking place but then a majority of the day our breath goes unnoticed and it's a really kind of like powerful way to like just drop you into the present moment and decrease those you know external distractions and kind of draw your attention back inward to what it is that you you need in the moment yeah i love that and i love i love how yoga not only focuses on that because too often do I probably need like a reminder both in yoga and in everyday life to like, you know, focus on my breath and, and be conscious of it, be aware of it. There's so many things about breath work alone that is so important. Like like what you said, it, it brought us into the world and it's going to take us out of the world at some point. Uh, even Even as a parent, I notice a ton like when my kids, you know, get upset or anxious or all riled up or whatever. And, and I just sit them down and look at them in the eyes. And I'm just like, okay, let's take like two or three deep breaths and just relax. And let's kind of like figure this out. I, I need a reminder of that for myself regularly. And, and I notice actually that like when I get all worked up, I'll usually go for a run both to probably just exert myself and, and like tone down my energy. But also I, I do this practice where at the start of my run, I'll do, I think they call it like box breathing where you breathe in four times and then you hold out and then you breathe out four times. And I'll do that like at the start of my run and it just, it brings me into such a, a calmer state. Um, and so, yeah, I think breath work alone can be used as such a tool that it's something that we all do, right? Everybody breathes, you know, subconsciously where nobody's really thinking about breathing and it's something that happens, I don't know, millions of times a day. You're just breathing in and out constantly for your entire life. Um, how often do we actually think about our breath work and how often are we conscious enough that we could use that as a tool to alter different states, uh, whether it be of consciousness or just alter states of, of joy or yeah, I don't know that it's, there's, it's such a powerful tool that I know that I'm not using it to its, uh, to its maximum potential. And probably maybe I'll make that another thing for my new year's resolution that I should uh, get better at is, is breath work. Oh, and there's just like so much to learn actually, um, you know, about the breath and like different techniques and like the science behind it all. 
and uh, I'm actually finishing up my 300 hour yoga teacher training and for my independent study, um, I'm going to be focusing on pranayama or like uh, breath restraint um, and how these different techniques can kind of help you like concentrate because I think when you start to breathe, right, it really focuses your attention on one single point. Um, and then you're able to concentrate and then you have that like sense of like control again. So that's why I think it comes in really important, you know, for parenting, uh, for children to learn. It's so neat to see uh, how they're incorporating like mindfulness more into uh, kids activities, whether, you know, it be at school or uh, different you know, extracurriculars that they're doing. And cute side note, my son actually uh, will sometimes remind me to breathe deeply when I'm feeling a bit like overwhelmed or stressed out. He's like, remember your deep breaths, mom. And you're like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> of course That's my kid awesome. is, you know, teaching me all the life lessons. <laughs> That is so cool. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get my kids to work on that for me. Like anytime they, like, I'm going to tell them anytime you guys see me, like getting a little bit, you know, worked up, you remind me to take some deep breaths, relax, slow down. Cause, cause I definitely, uh, Emily was actually, uh, the one that started doing it with our kids, but, um, it's especially with my daughter, it's like night and day different. Like you can just get them to like fully just relax by just taking a couple deep breaths. So yeah, it really, I mean, it's the same thing that can be used for us. Like we, we just need someone to remind us sometimes like, Hey, take a, take a deep breath, like relax a little bit. Um, and so I, I guess there's, there's a what whole a valuable tool. It's just always there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's always there and something that we always use. And again, just it's, it's like a tool in our tool belt that too often I think we forget that maybe is in our pocket. Um, but there was something else I wanted to talk to you about was especially just we're kind of talking about breath and stuff like that and, and using this to uh, maybe calm ourselves down and bring ourselves into more relaxed states. Something that was, you know, for a lot of people, I think, probably still pretty, um, um, real and kind of continually going on, but something that product, you know, ramped up the anxiety level was COVID of last year and, and how it's continually still part of our everyday life. But how are you guys as, as a small business, uh, up in, in Canada, how did COVID affect you guys and how, how were you guys able to kind of overcome that and, and, um, continue to move forward and, and adapt. Okay. So COVID, yeah, it's been around for a while, I guess now, right? Um, almost two years. And here in Canada, they, or I guess specifically in Ontario, they had said, I think it was like March the 20th, 2020 that yeah. we were going to be kind of like closing everything down for two weeks. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is kind of like different. Never obviously lived through a pandemic before. And so we closed the studio, like they asked us to. And at that point, you know, the studio was really busy. Uh, lots of people were coming and it just felt really weird not to teach. So I decided to host an online class on zoom, which I had never heard of. <laughs> And I just like put something out to the community on Facebook and Instagram and said like, hey, we're going to have like a free class. I'm going to, um, you know, guide you through like an hour long 
practice and we'll just have like this sense of like being together again because it feels really isolating just like being alone uh, at your house with your family like they want us to be and the response was overwhelming I couldn't believe it I think we had like 50 some people come to like this free class and this is like before I knew anything about like microphones it was very technologically uninclined and uh the studio space is like huge so it's really echoey when you don't have a microphone and people um of my family were hopping on the class beforehand to help me like get set up and they were like oh you don't like it doesn't sound very good so we went downstairs in kind of like a smaller contained area to control the sound and taught the first class and it was great we got so much amazing feedback about like how great it was to like be together and people are starting to find like new ways to uh connect even though it's like on the screen there was still like this really sense of togetherness so then i was like hey we have to do this again um it went way better than i thought it would even though you know i had felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I knew how to obviously like deliver the yoga class, but it was the technology that I found really intimidating. So then we added a few more on. And then when they said that we were still going to be closed, we were like, okay, we need to like offer a schedule of like online classes. And then all this amazing stuff was happening. People were like from the Valley that had like family that lived all over the world. were like, oh yeah, I'm like here practicing yoga with my sister online. I'm in like Argentina practicing with my little sister from you know the Ottawa Valley and stuff and it was just really neat um, to see so we just offered free classes for those first two weeks and then we needed to like be able to sustain ourselves because we realized this was going to be taking a lot longer uh, than the two weeks so then we kind of like moved to online delivering like live classes And then we also did like video on demand, thought about going on to the YouTube channel, Um, still just intimidated. Maybe I should be like kind of like reaching out because I think it's still like a great platform to like connect and, you know, people go on there to like learn all kinds of things. So here we are now it's almost 2022 and we're offering in-studio classes, we're offering live online classes and still like video on demand so it's been really neat to kind of like be pushed outside of your comfort zone figure out what it is you need to do and uh just like keeping the community together because essentially that's like the most important part is people want to feel connected so that's what we keep trying to do i i love that you're recognizing the importance of the community obviously and and just as a um, as a, as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm not really that surprised because it's such a huge part in, in so much of not only business, but yoga practice, just, just this togetherness feel and this connection. Um, and so I love that you're keeping that alive, the, the connection with the community. Um, and I, and I also love that you're kind of using that leap of faith too, that maybe some of the technologies kind of intimidated you. And it's that same leap of faith that you took, you know, when, when you bought the business and you, and you started and you're just like, I'm just going to go for it. And we'll kind of figure it out on the way. And whether it be, you know, family members or friends that are kind of helping out, we'll just kind of figure it all out. Um, as far as like the, the actual 
either on demand or or live videos. Um, where can people go to to check those out? Because I'm definitely going to add this into my uh, my New Year's resolution. I'm going to start joining you guys for uh, for some online yoga classes. Um, being that I can't be into the Ottawa Valley in person. Yeah. So on our website, it uh, has www.whitepineyoga.com. Uh, you can go on there and then they'll kind of like navigate you like our, our class schedule just kind of automatically like populates to, you know, whatever day it is that you go on there and look. And then there's like a direct link to like go and sign up for the video on demand, which has like a great little like library of like classes. We have some short little like tutorials on there about like different like postures and then a whole bunch of like different styles. And we have some different teachers on there too. So you can kind of uh, navigate around and see kind of like what suits you best depending on what time of the day you're practicing or how you're feeling, you know? So it's kind of a, a great way to practice at your own convenience, I would say. I like that. Or, or just if you're abroad or elsewhere. And, uh, yeah, I think there's, I think as you said earlier that we're moving into this, like, you know, technologically advanced society and, uh, there are pros and cons to both. One being that maybe we're overwhelmed with, uh, with technology and, and just abundance of, of content all the time. Um, but two, it also opened up, opens up some freedom and, and, you know, maybe, people can, can practice together, uh, yoga, you know, like what you said, whether it be, you know, sisters from opposite ends of the world or what. Um, so th there are pros and cons with, uh, with everything. And I guess another question that I had that I wasn't thinking of until right now, um, what do you tell people? Cause I've had this a lot. I I've been practicing yoga for a couple years now and I'm like still super rookie, um, pretty greenhorn. And, and a lot of it was originally to practice because my body would just get beat up, like surfing a lot of the big waves and stuff like that. And so I, I used it as like a flexibility thing. Um, and then, and then through that, the more that I practice, I just had this deeper connection and just like, I don't know, this Zen like mental clarity in the savasana pose at the end that that just kind of became addicting where i was like it was just a an awesome thing to do and, and it would put me into this like meditating state and uh it's interesting how you originally had said that that yoga started as a as a way to become more flexible to stay in poses longer for meditation which i'm not surprised in at all now that i think about that but what what do you say to people that are like intimidated by yoga or by the term or that they think it's all like, you know, hippy dippy, you know, voodoo, whatever, where they're just like, Oh, I'm not doing yoga. Cause, cause I know a lot of these people and, and I've had a lot of these people talk to me before. They're like, yeah, I'm not doing yoga. Like, you know, that's all like froofy or whatever. And I'm just like, do you trust me? You need to try yoga. Like one for flexibility and two for this, just like mental clarity. Like I think everybody should do it. Uh, and I know that I need to do it more often, which is, you know, why I'm kind of getting back into it on a heavy way. But uh, what what what's your answer or like your way to encourage people to at least try it for those that maybe, you know, are, are against it or have never tried it and just, I don't know, have weird thoughts about the whole idea of it? Okay, this is such like a great question. Um, so I do think that there is like some Froofy? Is that the word you used? Froofy maybe, yoga out there? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I love it. I know exactly what you mean. Um, so kind of 
there's different like each teacher is going to bring like their own flavor and like what they believe um, to be true for them about yoga. And for us here at the studio, you know, we want a safe place for like people to like grow and explore. And a lot of our stuff kind of is anatomy driven about how you actually like move your body. So I feel like for like athletes and other people who are more body conscious that that will really like speak to them. Teachers who are aware of their body, the proprioception about how like they're moving through space, quotation marks, um, kind of like changes your experience. And when you have these moments where there's kind of like less distractions in class, then you can kind of move more into like having maybe, you know, a magical experience, if you will, that doesn't have to be like froofy, but you're just kind of like, okay, like I feel like I'm coming back home to myself and kind of like peeling back those layers of stories that we tell ourselves that maybe, you know, were true at one time, but aren't true anymore. We do have a lot of people that are like, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga, but you don't have to be flexible to do yoga. You don't have to be anything to do yoga. You just need a body and you need to be able to breathe and you just have to be open. So maybe the flexibility needs to be more in the mind than it does in the body for you to come and practice. Uh, I like that statement. And, and I think, I think it's so true because not only, yeah, you, you had said something earlier too, how you just kind of like how we have, you know, that self doubt of, of so many different things and how yoga can kind of like peel that away a little bit. And, and it rang so true for me, but, but you're totally correct that it's, it's that, uh, inflexibility in the mind of like, oh, I can't do that. Well, that's that self doubt and that negative self-talk that's coming in that yoga can help you know, kind of wash away through, through, you know, practice and, and stuff. So, um, I like how you said, I think the inflexibility is more in the mind than in the body. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, um, I think it's something that everyone should try more than once. Yeah. Especially if you didn't, I don't know, you know, you, there's lots of different things that can affect your experience depending on, you know, what you, you brought to your mat that day. Um, you know, what happened like before you went to class, maybe what happened, um, you know, your interaction with, you know, the teacher before you came into the class, or I don't know, maybe it was the music you didn't like, or maybe there was no music and you didn't like that either. So there's all these different factors I feel like that can affect your experience. So I would definitely say if you try yoga and you weren't, fond of your first experience I would definitely say try it again and be open to having a different experience than your first one don't bring your old experience with you what do they call it the like zen buddha mind where they talk about kind of like always coming forward and having like that new experience is that the beginner's mind yeah the beginner's mind yeah yeah and it's uh I love how you say it you should always you know at least try it again if you had maybe an unpleasant experience because again from myself personally I've I love yoga and I I love you know most of the the yoga classes or or experiences that I've ever had in in life though I have taken one class in particular that uh, I went to with my wife and it, it just wasn't the vibe for me it was a combination of like 
the music and the environment and the teacher just wasn't fitting my my expectations and and really what I was trying to get out of it. It was almost a little bit more of like a like a like a yoga slash pop dance class, um, and so it just wasn't for me. Um, but I could totally see that if that was, if that was someone's first experience or if that was even my first experience, maybe I would just say, yeah, you know, screw yoga. That's just not what I'm into. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, for anybody out there who has tried it before and possibly had that first experience that it just wasn't for them, I, I encourage you guys, uh, just like Megan's saying that to, to try it again. And it's almost like reading a book. Like we've all probably read, you know, a couple books throughout our lives and you've probably read some that you've liked and you've probably read some that you didn't like as much. And if you just only ever read one book that you didn't like and you're like, oh yeah, reading, it's just not for me. It's kind of the same thing where you're just like, well, maybe try it again because it could be for you. Maybe you just need a, a, a better experience. Um, there's a, a whole other analogy that I can think of, but I'm going to... St- uh, stay away from that. It's uh, a little more X-rated, but but the same idea that like just just because it wasn't great the first time doesn't mean that it's always not going to be great. So maybe maybe you have to give it that second try. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, awesome. And I I feel like too. You know, we have like these different waves that happen when you're practicing like on your mat and they're supposed to be like reflective of like, you know, living life. You have parts of the practice where you're like, I love this pose. I feel empowered. I'm so good at this. It comes natural to me. And then you get confronted with that pose where you struggle, you get in your head. I can't do this. Why is the teacher making us do this? I hate this class. Oh, and then you like move on. Right. And it's very symbolic of like, this is life. You're not going to like everything that's presented to you. Not everything is going to make you feel good, but how do you navigate through that? And these are like the times on your mat where you can really kind of say, oh, I'm noticing my internal dialogue. I'm noticing my reactions and how I'm showing up. I'm going to take that deep breath and maybe I can stay for that extra breath. Maybe it's, you know, time to get out of the pose or whatever it might be, but it is definitely a reflection of how we move through life off of the mat as well, I would say. Yes, as as well as just like how we encounter challenges too, whether that be, I mean, um, you know, if you only did yoga poses that were easy, it it might look like you're standing straight upright. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're never going to get better either. Um, And and that's the same. I never leave Shavasana. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. And, And that's just like if if you only do things in life that are easy, it's harder to grow. And so I think part of it, too, is like taking taking on those challenges that, you know, maybe it makes you recognize, oh, I'm, I'm not very flexible in this position, or I need to be stronger to be able to do that, or I need to practice more to be able to have that balance. Um, it's the same thing that happens in our life too, where any challenge or, or hard comings that comes around, you can take it as that op- opportunity to have that self-reflection of like, Maybe I need to learn more. Maybe I need to, you know, do something different. Maybe I need to be more aware of this. And so, uh, I don't know. It just, there are so many connections, like what you said, where, where yoga kind of is that reflection of, of both life and maybe how we react to life uh, that comes at us. Megan, this has been so much fun talking with you. I could go so deep and and continue talking about yoga, especially on the whole mental side of it. Uh, I think there are huge benefits, you know, just within flexibility. But personally, I, I 
arguably find that I get even more out of the mental side of it, which, uh, which can be super interesting. But uh, I'm going to move us on just for, for time's sake of the show. I'm going to move us on to the second part of the show that I call the fire round. And I'm going to fire off a couple quick questions that I ask all of the guests here on our show. Uh, Megan, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Uh, yes, it's actually the quote of the studio. It kind of like drives us forward. It is 99% practice, 1% theory. Uh, and that's by Patabi Joyce. He is, um, you know, an ancient yogi. And I think it's just great even for, you know, encouraging new people to come to the practice that, you know, you could study and read a whole bunch of books and find all this knowledge. And then maybe one day feel confident enough and to go check out a class. But then we have to remember, you know, that we're, it's a practice and you're just going to show up and you're going to do what you can that day with whatever it is that you have. And again, I, I guess it's just like that reflection off of the mat, you know, just kind of like when you wake up in the morning, do what you can with like what you have. Yep. Yeah. I love that. That's uh such great advice and such an awesome quote and reminds me that I continually need to, uh, I've got all these books behind me that, that I like to read often, but it's, it's not just about theory. It's about, uh, taking action practice. So I love that quote. Um, talking about books though, uh, Megan, do you have a favorite book or current book that you might be reading? Um, my favorite book that I always, uh, recommend people to read is called, um, the Light on Life, and it is uh, by BKSI Engar, and it is kind of like taking yoga off of the mat and kind of into your daily interactions too, and it's like integrating the practice in more of a holistic way in all of your relationships with, you know, loved ones and yourself. So definitely The Light on Life. I love that. It sounds amazing. And I haven't read that book. So I'm going to actually pick that up uh, immediately. And sounds like something that I definitely uh, would love to read and something I probably need more in my life. So I'm going to pick that book up. Um, if you could go back in time um, and give any piece of advice to you, a younger self, what might it be? Oof. I could go back in life and give my younger self a piece of advice. That it's okay to be an individual. Wow. Powerful. That, that is, it, yeah, that's amazing. But yet not simple at all. It, it is. It's, it's almost like the, the simplicity in it is, is it has so much depth in there. Um, okay to be an individual. I love that. Uh, Megan, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you have done up to now, uh, all the videos, all the classes that you've taught, uh, all the courses that you've taken, everything was to go away with you. And all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen that you could leave three truths, three things that you believe to be true that you would like to leave for your family members, uh, friends, loved ones, or just the rest of society. What might those three truths be? Okay. Three truths. Um, do your best. Stay humble and kind. And have fun. <laughs> I love that. Those are three amazing truths right there. 
Thank you so very much for your time, for sharing your experience, your story, and all your wisdom with us today, Megan. Uh, You have brought so much value to my day and hopefully to all of our listeners. And something that I try to do as much as I can is to also bring value to my guests that I get to bring on the show. So what might be something that you are focusing on right now that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Oh, well, currently we're just like working on sharing yoga with more people. We feel like the more people doing yoga, uh, the better the world is. So get out and do yoga. Check us out at White Pine Yoga. If you can practice with us from afar online, we would love to do that. If you love to, you know, be connecting with people in the flesh, then go check out a local yoga studio. Um, During the pandemic, you know, a lot of these places were shut down. So go out and give them your support and, you know, have a couple of opportunities for some self-discovery about how maybe you can show up better for yourself and other people around you. That is so true and so incredible. I'm definitely going to be checking out uh, whitepineyoga.com. Hopefully join in on some of your your live classes um, and encourage other people to do so the same as well as if you guys have uh, a local yoga class around you, maybe go check out them as well. And Just like what you said earlier, uh, if you've tried yoga before um, and it wasn't quite for you, maybe give it a shot again. And if you haven't tried it before, then please go give it a try. Because uh, for me in particular, it it has... It has had a huge, uh, huge effect on my life and in so many different ways, I couldn't even name them all off. Um, So yeah, thank you for sharing all of that with us, Megan. Uh, Final question for you today. What is your definition of awesome? I guess I'm going to go back to just say like my definition of awesome would be to be an individual, just be yourself and uh, being confident and being yourself is a beautiful thing and the world needs more of you. So show up. I love that. It is a beautiful thing and uh, the world needs more of everyone uh, being themselves. So thank you for your wise words today Uh, for all of our listeners out there. I hope you got as much value out of this show as I did. And again, if you guys haven't uh, given yoga a shot, maybe join me on adding it in on your New Year's resolution and trying to uh, practice it a little bit more in the coming year. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, I encourage you guys to share this with someone that you think might need to hear this, uh, whether it be a friend, a family member, a loved one. Um, encourage uh, other people to to take part and, and listen to this conversation and also maybe uh, join us in uh, this New Year's res- resolution to uh, to just practice yoga a little bit more, whether the, the stretching in the physical spot uh, or the mental and the mindfulness of it as well. So very excited to get back on the yoga train and thank you so very much for your time today, Megan, uh, and as well as White Pine Yoga Studio. I am Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.